The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. Monday morning to you, October 2nd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on a Monday morning. So good to me. I'm so glad that song talked about Monday because that would have been embarrassing if it was Tuesday today. That's true. (laughs) But it is a good Monday morning and a new month. Welcome to October, or as it's you like to call it, Rocktober. Rocktober. That's that right. must have been something from your broadcasting days <laughs> yes, when you were young. That's an old terminology. <laughs> I think I was back in the old classic rock stations. It was Rocktober. Uh, but no, it is October, so thank you for joining us as we do begin a new month, and what a beautiful weekend. Whoa. Wow. Both Scott and I looked at each other yesterday, and we went, why did we not go camping this weekend? It yeah. was beautiful. It it seems like we might have a second chance of it coming up, but we've got friends coming into town, so and the kids are going to be joining us, so wouldn't be quite uh, quite as good, but yeah. we should have been out. We were yeah. out in the weather, though. Who yeah. wasn't? Oh, I know. It's fantastic. Yeah, I went out for a walk yesterday afternoon, and it was just lovely. That fall vibe was in the air, yet it was, you know, nice. I had like a long sleeve tee on and was perfectly comfortable, and Walked around, looked at all of the uh, Halloween decorations that were popping uh-huh. up. It's always kind of fun this time of year to see that. And uh, just strolled through the area and just thought, oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. And then went back and uh, watched Watch football. Sunday Night Football. Couldn't <laughs> be better. I was going to say, there must have been some sports yeah. in your weekend. Oh, it was a big, big sports weekend. I was down in Corvallis Friday night for the uh, Beavers-Utah game, and that was just You were the one so dressed fun. in orange, weren't you? Yes, me and 36,000 <laughs> other people. It was an orange out, and uh, the, the Beavs were in their orange unis, and uh, they uh, won in a exciting game, made it even better, and it was a beautiful night. Walking out of the stadium, you could see the harvest moon in the sky. Really? It was so beautiful. Couldn't have been a be- more beautiful evening. Well, good. Yeah, so fun, and yeah, so great weekend. You too, huh? Yeah, just uh, just one one of your ordinary weekends. Nothing exciting planned, but uh, just really enjoyed the time at home. Uh, did a little uh, went to church yesterday. Spent extra time though out in the front courtyard area because you're right. It was just too nice mm-hmm, of a day mm-hmm. to be stuck inside for too long. So perfect. Perfect yeah, no, weekend. Very nice. Did you get the grill out? I mean, last. Uh, no, we did not get the grill out. Get the grill uh, out. Well, let's see here. Uh, I take that back. On Friday, we had a friend over, one of our deacon friends, uh, the one of Scott's classmates, and we did. We had some beautiful salmon. Oh, nice! Yeah. On Friday, oh. salmon on the <laughs> nothing better than salmon on salmon the grill. Salmon on the grill. Yeah, that's really good. It was delicious. Yeah. Well, after we get through today and uh, maybe a little bit tomorrow with some rain showers, then it looks like middle toward the end of the week, it's going to be 
maybe 80 degrees again. I know. I saw that. Yeah, it's like, hey, all right. (laughs) Okay. That's what I like. That's not unusual for this time of year. We get the rain and then we get these hot days and then the rain comes back. Kind of cools off at night and then uh, warms up in the day. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, early fall, (laughs) it doesn't get better than that. (laughs) I'm ready for it. All right, what do you have coming up today? All right, well, David, there is a new vice president rector that's been named at Mount Angel Seminary. It's a priest in the Archdiocese of Portland familiar with promoting vocations yes, we, to the we know him yeah look forward to that story and uh well i guess your uh deacon scott's got to work to go to go to work he's today. got to work today <laughs> yes. thank goodness for that no no government shutdown no i'm relieved for that so anyway we'll have that story as well <laughs> so we got a great show ahead for you on this uh, monday morning here's Teresa peterson makes all things new we are the morning blend right here at mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life
Teresa Peterson, and he makes all things new. It is 7.09 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this October 2nd. Hey, did you uh, thank your guardian angel this morning? <gasps> oh, I did not yet, but we'll be talking about our yeah. guardian angel a little while. Today is the feast day of the guardian angel, so uh, say hello to your guardian <laughs> oh, angel. Oh, my thank poor them guardian today. angel's been run through the ringer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know that. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll talk about that later, though. Uh, next Dina Marie, Father Dan, going to be talking about St. Francis, correct? That's correct. All right, it's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to His infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of His merciful love. O my God, I ask of Thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly Thy holy will, to accept for love of Thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. I'm Dave Tolleson. And I'm Marilyn Tolleson. We're a presenting team for Worldwide Marriage Encounter. Are you searching for more connection with your spouse? Worldwide Marriage Encounter has many online live experiences available now. We offer enrichments over a weekend or over multiple sessions to fit your lifestyle. A Worldwide Marriage Encounter experience is a great way to connect more deeply with your spouse. For more information, visit www.me.org. That's www.me.org. One of the great hallmarks of the Catholic community in the Pacific Northwest is how we pull together in the face of adversity. Unite with Mater Dei Radio, the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, and Archbishop Alexander K. Sample in support of the parishioners of St. Joseph Catholic Church in Salem as they recover from the devastating fire that destroyed their sanctuary. My heart really is just filled with emotion. I'm deeply saddened by what has happened to your house. Stand with Archbishop Sample and Mater Dei Radio. 
Show your solidarity with a gift to the St. Joseph Salem Fire Relief Fund through the Archdiocese of Portland at archdpdx.org. That's archdpdx.org to support St. Joseph Catholic Church in Salem with Mater Dei Radio, here for our community as we lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 7.13 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, the rain is supposed to roll in later this morning, mainly after 11 o'clock. Going to be cool today. High of just 59 degrees and then about a 60% chance of showers overnight tonight, low of 53. Then see some fog Tuesday morning, then partly sunny skies, high of 65. Then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, starting to warm up again. Currently, it is 55 degrees at Seton Catholic High School in Vancouver. And 55 degrees at St. Philip Neary Church in Portland. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments with a Franciscan Moment on Mater Dei Radio. In 1989, Ecumenical Patriarch Demetrios I proclaimed a World Day of Prayer for Creation for the Orthodox Church. Since then, the World Council of Churches and in 2015, Pope Francis and the Catholic Church have joined together in recognizing a season of creation from September 1st, the Day of Prayer for Creation, through October 4th, the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi, the patron saint of ecology, and a beloved saint throughout the world. During the season of creation, people are invited to renew their relationship with our creator through celebration, conversion, and commitment together. One of the documents from Pope Francis that has received much attention since its release in 2015 is his encyclical Laudato Si on care for our common home. With me today is Franciscan friar Father Dan Petit to discuss the Holy Father's letter and to reflect its connection with St. Francis. Good morning, Father Dan. It's great to have you back with us today. Thank you, Dina Ray. It's good to be with you, too, and also to be together for this particular uh, anticipation of a second part to Laudato Si of the Holy Father. That's right. We've been hearing that on the feast day of St. Francis, October 4th, uh, Holy Father Pope Francis is expected to release a, a part two, so to speak, of this Laudato Si. So I thought we could talk a little bit about his first encyclical, a little bit about your take on that. But I, I want to start with going back to the election of Pope Francis, because we were all glued to the TV. We were watching to see, okay, who's going to be elected? And then what would his name be? And I was kind of surprised when I heard the word Francis come out. Now you as a Franciscan, tell us what, what you were thinking and what, you know, what, when you heard, Oh, wait, it's Francis of Assisi. Right. Yeah. That, it was a surprise to be honest, because, I was at the time uh, teaching at Franciscan University in the study abroad program in Gaming, Austria, when Benedict resigned. And then, of course, they had the conclave. And here comes this newly elected pope onto the balcony. And I hear that he takes the name Franche Fran Francesco, um, Francisco. That's the Latin, Francisco. And I thought, Francisco, that's Francis. And the first thing I thought was, if he's a Jesuit, that must be Francis Xavier, you know, the great Jesuit missionary. And then he finished it, Franciscum de Assis. And I go, what? You know, it's like, I, I was shocked. I really was uh, that a Jesuit would take 
St. Francis of Assisi's name for his title as the Pope. I, 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 I must admit that was, I mean, Franciscans, I've, I've always, in my own experience, gotten on well uh, with the Jesuits. I've studied with them. I was at Creighton before I joined the seminary. Uh, I studied with Jesuits. Some of them were my friends up in uh, Toronto, Canada, where I studied for the priesthood. So it's not that there's been animosity between Franciscans and Jesuits. It's just such a surprise that he would take Francis of Assisi over, say, Francis Xavier. Yeah, it was just really a shock, you know. Right. You know, and as you've we've seen the last gosh, it's all it's been 10 years, right, since Pope Francis was elected. Things that you've noticed in how has he reflected the saint name that he's taken in his um, papacy and just the way he's he's been able to approach the communities. Um, how, do you see St. Francis in Pope Francis? I, I really do. I, I do. Now, I know there's there's probably been some cynicism online and the like about his papacy that, you know, based on some of the off the cuff remarks that sometimes maybe are ambiguous or whatever. But I really do see him mirroring St. Francis of Assisi in his care for the, the poor, yes, but also the, the weak and the ones um, who fall behind. That's what I really appreciate. You know, the whole notion, for example, of the Catholic Church as a field hospital for the wounded. I mean, that is so Francis of Assisi. Um, uh, you know, in, in a world where might makes right, it's a great life if you don't weaken. But what if you weaken? And see, that's what's happening today. A lot of people are weakening and they're not able to keep up. And we kind of treat them like the people that are just left behind. And see, Francis, I see him turning and looking back and saying, what about these people? We really have to care for them. And that's very, that's very Francis. Yeah. Father Dan Petit is with us today as we're reflecting on Pope Francis and St. Francis. We're coming close to the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi on October 4th. We're expecting a second encyclical, uh, the kind of a part two to Laudato Si. That's been the Vatican has been talking about this for the last few weeks now. And so we'll we'll wait and see. But in the meantime, I think it's great to explore just the the papacy of Pope Francis and to see how St. Francis is reflected. In fact, that title, Laudato Si, doesn't that come from a writing of St. Francis? Yes, it does. In fact, uh, Francis in Italian literature put himself on the map because he's the first one to write a piece of literature in native Italian because the language at the time was Latin. And so most of your artistic literature was done in the language of Latin. And now all of a sudden, Francis, there was all these dialects that were uh, local languages stemming from Latin. And one of them was the development of the language of Italian. And Francis, that's what he knew. He didn't know Latin that well. And so what he did was compose this poem in praise of God and he did it in the dialect of Italian, which was a first within the history of Italian literature. So he somewhat put himself on the map, you might say. And uh, Laudato Si is praise be you, 
my Lord. And then it goes on to say, for brother Sun, for sister Moon, and he goes on to praise the Lord in his creatures, you know, and so it's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful moment. And if I may just uh, give some of the context of that uh, so people understand, uh, Francis, it, it's, it's just remarkable that he was legally blind when he wrote that uh, poem. He was, uh, at the time it was winter, and they were hoping to get him to a doctor who, at the time, the, the, the treatment for the eye disease he had, they thought, was to cauterize from the eye to the, to the uh, temple with hot irons that they put in the fire and just steam it. And just that would be, that would be what would fix the eye. That was the treatment. So he was going to go and get that. He eventually did. But they had a huge snowstorm in Assisi, and he wasn't able to go. And so they went to San Damiano, where St. Clair was, and two brothers were with him. And he, they were in the basement because the ladies had the upstairs, you know. And so they were down in this dungeon basement. It's dark, dreary, moist. And that night, Francis suffered what was known as the plague of rats he had all these rats crawling all over his body for the whole night and he began to experience self-pity mm. until until the morning it, he he reproached himself for his self-pity was legally blind and in response composed this beautiful poem praise be to you my lord to get you know it's almost like when I say thank you, I'm off myself and on to you. And that's what he did. He, he recognized and reproached himself for his self-pity, turning in on himself. And he turned it out into this beautiful hymn that began Laudato Si in Italian. Praise be you, my Lord, for brother sun, for sister air, for sister moon and all this. It's beautiful. And it just goes through and, um, and that's the context that he wrote it in. He didn't even wasn't able to even see except to do it by memory uh, oh when he wrote. Yeah. The Canticle of Creatures by St. Francis. And, you know, when you start to hear the background of how that was written and why that was written and you think in his darkest and literally darkest moment, what does he turn to? praising the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to, he, he started to go into self-pity, like you said, but he went, no, 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 no. I'm here to praise the Lord, give glory to the Lord. And Pope Francis picks up on that title. And that is the beginning of a Laudato Si. So interesting to see that history and and I believe the spirit of St. Francis working today in uh, in the church. So how great is that? Father Dan Petit is with us. Father Dan, we are coming up to a break and I want to take a quick break. We'll come back and really open up a little bit of this encyclical, get a little bit of the sense of where we see St. Francis in the encyclical, how we can use it in our lives today. Uh, would you stay with me and we'll be back in the next half hour? Sure, I'll be glad to. And it is 724 at Mater Day Radio. You know what, Brenda? What? A week from today. Oh, I know what's coming. One week from today, our 2023 
Fall Sherathon. So coming right up, the theme, Be Changed, as we focus on the Holy Eucharist. So we certainly hope you will join us October 9th through the 13th. That's next Monday through Friday. going to be a wonderful week ahead. You can learn more on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Ever wake up and have your brain just start racing, trying to solve every problem in your life? That's okay. Your brain's just doing what it's supposed to do. It's a problem-solving machine. And while that can be helpful, if you don't keep it in check, that can be really stressful. St. Paul tells us what to do in that situation. He wrote, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul wrote that from prison while awaiting trial and execution, so he had plenty of things to obsess about, but he didn't. He thought of things above, and that led to his peace and joy even behind bars. When you find yourself obsessing, read an uplifting book, or better, try the Gospel of John, or maybe pray a rosary, but whatever you do, get in the driver's seat of your own thoughts and focus on what lifts you up, not what drags you down. For more from my book, I Am, visit RewriteYourName.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Hi, everyone. This is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform, or Matra Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 727 at Mater Day Radio. Well, no government shutdown, yeah. We'll have the story for you in the news. And a new vice president been named at Mount Angel Seminary. And it's a priest familiar with vocations. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here's Unspoken and Just Give Me Jesus. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
troubled sand If I gained the world It would never be It could never be unspoken and just give me Jesus. It is 7:30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this morning, Mount Angel Seminary announced over the weekend that Father Jeff Irvin, a priest of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, has been appointed as vice rector at Mount Angel Seminary. Father Irvin will join the seminary as a vice rector on January 1st, 2024, and will work closely with Monsignor John Beshart, President Rector. Monsignor Beshart served as President Rector since 2012, and his tenure ends June of 2024. Abbot Jeremy Driscoll, Chancellor of Mount Angel Seminary, announced his intention to appoint Father Jeff as Monsignor's successor. Ordained for the Archdiocese of Portland in 2012, Father Irvin has been pastor of St. Teresa of the Child Jesus Parish in Portland since 2022. He was the director of vocations for the Archdiocese from 2014 to 2022 and an adjunct professor at Mount Angel Seminary from 2014 to 2017. Now, Father Irvin will become the fourth priest in a row from the Archdiocese of Portland to be appointed president rector at Mount Angel Seminary. Abbot Jeremy expressed his profound gratitude for the generosity of Archbishop Sample and his predecessors for their support of this most important work of priestly formation. Hey, all right. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah first, fantastic. Well, U.S. government operations will continue today. This after the Senate voted 88-9 to 9 on Saturday night 
to pass a short-term bill to keep the government open, averting a shutdown at the last minute after a dramatic turnaround in the waning hours. The bill passed the House earlier on a substantial bipartisan vote, and President Joe Biden signed it into law late Saturday. The legislation keeps the government funded at existing levels through November 17th and authorizes additional disaster relief money, giving Congress more time to reach a full funding agreement. Now, that will still be a challenge ahead of the new November deadline, but it avoids, for now, a shutdown that would have put pay for millions of people in jeopardy. Scott's supervisor sent a text message out. We were having lunch to his working group and said, Back to work in the morning. We got six more guaranteed weeks. Here's what we're going to get done. All right. Now, Washington State Department of Labor and Industry announced on Friday that the minimum wage in the state will increase from 1574 to 1628 an hour beginning on January 1st. This is a 3.4% increase from 2023. Washington has the highest state-level minimum wage across the U.S. The federal minimum wage has been $7.25 an hour since 2009. Now, cities in Washington can set their own minimum wages. Currently, Seattle, $18.69 an hour, and SeaTac, $19.06 an hour. Wow. That's a lot of money. However, employers are allowed to pay 85% of the minimum wage to workers ages 14 to 15 under state law. In 2024, workers in this wage group can be paid $13.84 an hour. The wage increase will affect drivers for transportation companies, including Uber and Lyft. The minimum wage for these workers will also be going up on January 1st. This was included as one of the new rights and protections passed by the state legislature in 2022. Well, this is sad. The oldest African lion at the Oregon Zoo died Friday following a seizure the zoo announced over the weekend. Nika, who was 16 years old, came to Portland from the Virginia Zoo in 2009 when the Oregon Zoo opened its nearly $7 million, two-and-a-half-acre Predators of the Serengeti exhibit after going 11 years without lions in its collection. In 2013, Nika gave birth to three female cubs who were later transferred to other accredited zoos to help maintain a genetically diverse lion population in captivity. 16 is considered geriatric for a lion, the announcement from the zoo said, but lions in the care of humans can live into their early 20s, according to zoo officials. Kelly Gomez, who oversees the zoo's Africa area, said, Nika touched the hearts of millions of people during her life, and we hope her legacy will be one of inspiration and hope for her species. And students will not be back at Tualatin's Hazelbrook Middle School today following Friday's bomb threat, which led to a full staff and student evacuation. The school received an email that Friday with claims of explosives on school grounds as well as a shooting leading to the FBI investigation of the threat. Now, the threat just came days after an assault in the halls of Hazelbrook, which was videotaped showing one student grabbing another before shoving them and hitting them. Superintendent of Tiger Tualatin School District, Dr. Sue Rake Smith, said the entire incident was planned 
for a social media challenge. The threat also sparked safety concerns for a student who could be seen in the video, which went viral on social media. The middle school has since received a barrage of hate mail focused on the perceived gender identity of that student who they say had initiated the attack. According to the email threat, the assailant hadn't received any consequences following the attack. The night of the bomb threat, the student was arrested on charges of fourth-degree assault and harassment. Middle schoolers. Mm. I'm so sad to read that story. We can do better. In sports, lots of good NFL games yesterday. Last night, the Kansas City Chiefs held on to beat the New York Jets 23-20. to Did you see who was in the uh, stands again watching yeah, the game? Yeah, I heard she was there. <laughs> That's right. But because it wasn't uh, in Kansas City, she didn't get any uh, time on the big jumbotron. Oh, right. It was in New York, right? Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, your Los Angeles Chargers defeated your uh, heated rivals, the Los oh, Angeles Raiders. I mean, that's a good win. Yeah. Even though we tried to lose again, yeah. we still managed to hold on. All right. They won 24 to 17. Uh, my 49ers, they beat the Cardinals 35 to 16. Seattle Seahawks fans, tonight is your night. They're on Monday Night Football. <gasps> yeah. yeah. So the Hawks are in the Big Apple to face the New York Giants, kickoff at 5 15. Seattle is two and one on the season. The Giants one and two. I didn't know this, but the Seahawks have never lost at MetLife Stadium where they play tonight. They're five and zero oh there. Hey, so we'll see if they can keep it going. All right, I like the sound of that. Well, in the liturgical calendar, there exist two feast days that honor angels. The first is the feast days of Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael celebrated on September 29th. Originally, this feast celebrated only St. Michael and in some places was even a holy day of obligation. Eventually, there arose a request to have a separate feast in honor of the guardian angels, those angelic spirits who are assigned by God to guide and protect each human soul. Well, at the time, September 30th was a celebration of St. Jerome, and October 1st was the commemoration of St. Remigius, patron saint of France. October 2nd did not have any particular celebration, so it became the Feast of the Holy Guardian Angels. Yeah. That is today. So here are some things to know about your guardian angel. All right. First, our guardian angel's mission is to protect us and lead us into everlasting life. Our guardian angels do have names, but those names are given to them by God. Mm -hmm. So we don't get to name our guardian angel. We will not become guardian angels when we die. Guardian angels communicate to us through thoughts, images, and feelings. And David, Mm -hmm. every person in the world has a guardian angel, whether they are Christian or not, and whether they believe in them All right. or not. All right. So thank well, you, Guardian Angel, for absolutely. taking care of me. We, we are going out to lunch today, actually. <laughs> Stop. What? what? They're with they wherever with you're you at. They're with you every, yeah. every time. Absolutely. You took your Guardian well, Angel you. football game this weekend. So I'm sure we, they appreciated we did that. that. That's exactly right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. 
And uh, tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, it is Awakening Faith, a group for returning and searching Catholics at Our Lady of the Lake Parish Library. Are you a cradle Catholic who left the church and did your Catholic faith formation end after you finished Catholic school? Returning or searching Catholics are invited to learn and grow through this open small group discussion. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. We were talking earlier off the air about our guardian angels and how they had to work a little harder when we were younger. Uh, they work real hard when <laughs> yes, they're younger, yep. <laughs> that definitely is is the case. Hey, Father Dan, Dina Marie, rejoin us right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 741 here at Mater Day Radio after a nice weekend. Rain's back today. By mid-morning, steady rain is coming down. We could see up to half an inch. Highs today cooling, staying in the upper 50s today. That is quite a change for sure. Overnight, just a few degrees shift to the lower 50s. And tomorrow, back to the mid-60s. Watching to the end of the week into the weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, lots of sunshine. Looking like we could hit some 80-degree days. Mm -hmm. So should be pretty nice. 49 degrees at St. Paul's Church in Eugene. And it is 52 degrees at Our Lady of the Lake Catholic Church in Lake Oswego. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Franciscan Friar Father Dan Petit as we enter the month of October and the feast day of St. Francis on the 4th of October. We want to talk a little bit about the encyclical Laudato Si. We're expecting a, a part two of that encyclical from Pope Francis. And we've been talking a little bit about the selection of the name and really taking on a lot of the spirituality of St. Francis and the papacy of Pope Francis. Let's look at this Laudato to see. In fact, the name is On Care for Our Common Home. What are, it's a long document. It is a long document. I love to see a lot of the reference to St. Francis in the document, but give us a sense of what is this all about? Well, I think it flies in the face of our times, which are soaking in what I would say Gnosticism. I'll, I'll explain what that is momentarily. 
the way that Francis flew in the face of the Manichaeans of his day, which were the Cathari. And what they do is they devalue the material creation. At the time of Francis, there were these, and even St. Anthony of Padua came against them in his preaching. They devalue the body. And as a result of that, the body for the Cathari belonged to an evil principle, an evil God, whereas the soul belonged to a good God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we had to somehow get rid of the body. Well, I mean, we're living in similar kinds of Gnosticism. You might think, well, we're getting so into the body now. I think we love it too much. No, in fact, we despise the body by our behavior today. And as a result of that, how we treat ourselves in our body becomes reflected in how we treat our common home in the environment. See, and that's what I think Pope Francis is getting at. In it, It's an extension, as he brings out in the very beginning of the encyclical, it's actually an extension of the theology of the body that Pope, Pope John Paul II gave us. If we care for the human body, which would include, say, the poor who are hungry, the poor who are naked, bodily naked, if we care for them, and we also care for our own bodies by living according to the teachings of Christ, and our life in the body favors life as opposed to death, that should become reflected in the environment. And that's what Laudato Si is trying to bring home for us, is that same message that we are meant to reflect what the body shares in, which is in the environment, that we live in. I mean, this, and that's the earth. That's so, for example, God has given us clean water at the beginning of creation. How are we going to treat that? Well, if we, if we end up poisoning our waters, our bodies get poisoned. God gave us clean air in the beginning. Well, what happens if we pollute our air? our bodies suffer because we have to breathe that air to stay alive. You see, and that's the common home. That's what Pope Francis is getting at, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think we, we hear St. Francis is acknowledged as the patron saint of ecology. So tying in ecology, the environment, social issues, human dignity, ethics. There's a lot of different things that are coming together that I think Holy Father Pope Francis is trying to unpack. And you mentioned addressing what's happening today, what's happening right. in our world today. Right. Well, I think, you know, the, the one of the clear signals of Gnosticism is the manner in which, for example, a child in the womb is assessed as nothing more than a blob of flesh, which can thereby be dispensed with. Well, you can hear the degradation of the material body there and see that's not how the gospel or Jesus Christ views the human body. It's not a blob of flesh. That is an embodied person there. There's a person there in the, in the womb and we're dispensing with persons. And if we're going to do that in the womb, then persons in our life in society also become expendable and well, that's not so good either. Um, and we can start to neglect each other as a result of that. And of course, 
that's the that's that's the thing that I think Pope Francis is trying to get at is, and he says this in the beginning of the encyclical. He addresses you know Pope John Paul II's contribution to the moral environment. We live in a moral environment that can be polluted with toxic, uh, some some toxicity and the like. Pope Benedict brought home the notion of the first and greatest commandment, our love of God, with his encyclicals, you know, talking about God, which is first in place of love. And then here comes Pope Francis now with our love for our neighbor in how we treat them and how we treat this common home we're sharing. I'm not the only one living here, and I have to be conscious of others. Mm-hmm. So it, it's Pope, Fran- Pope Francis really points this out. He develops it. this is an extension of the previous two papacies into the moral life of the environment that began with Pope John Paul II and his theology of the body. How we treat ourselves in the body and how we live in the body is going to become reflected in how we treat our common home of the material cosmos that we live in. And that's the thing. I mean, we can't we we can't really escape that. Uh, and to the degree we attempt to, we're going to pollute the moral environment by how we live, and now the physical environment by how we live. Because it's all about again, it's going to be about me. And if I if I pollute it or whatever happens, I don't worry about those consequences. As long as I get what I want in this situation, and see, we can't continue to live this way. Mm-hmm. Father Dan, as we look at any encyclical letter, any document that's read, written by the Holy Father, it has a purpose, it has a place. I think a lot of times in the secular world, it can be misguided. There could be misconceptions of this isn't a political letter. This isn't something about how governments are supposed to run. Uh, This is trying to be Let's let's share the gospel of Jesus Christ and communicate it in the world today. Right. How should we read this letter? Because I think a lot of people could get off track and have gotten off track. But just on a personal level, as I live my life, my vocation, my work, the things that I do, how can I approach this Laudato Si? Well, I think we do need to go back to the choice Pope Francis made for his his uh, his uh, his name as Pope and that's Francis and that's Francis of Assisi the ecology that is addressed here is not a secular style ecology that would say for example that is based on nihilism nihilism basically says this is the basic tenet of nihilism nihilism says it is better not to exist than to exist. That's what nihilism is. It's a very dark, kind of brooding view of life, nihilism. And there, it's better not to exist than to exist. And so an ecologist based in nihilism is going to say, it would be so much better if us, if we human beings weren't here so that the environment would do better. And see, well, that is absolutely not true. I mean, it's the same in abortion. It's better not to exist in that case. Well, see, that's nihilism. No, that's not a good when we're starting to take out human life 
for the betterment of humanity. No, we, you can't better humanity by doing that. It's nihilistic. Well, see, Francis of Assisi was not a nihilist. I mean, praise be you, my Lord. I mean, there's an affirmation of faith that renders his whole life evangelical based in the gospel and the affirmation of the goodness of the creation as it comes forth from the hands of God. And that's what I call an integral ecology that takes into account the living God who is so good and creates us good that we have to care for it as goods rather than expendable consumptive things that we use and then throw away, you see. And I think that's what differentiates Pope Francis if we keep in mind the inspiration for his papacy, which is Francis of Assisi. His context for ecology is evangelical, which incorporates God at the as the creator, the good God who loves his creation and calls us to do the same, starting with the first and greatest love, which is love of God, and then the second follows from that, our love of neighbor and care for each other and the common home that we share. This is not just for me, it's for all of us on this earth, not just for some of us, all of us, not just for a few, but everybody, you see. And that's the challenge, I think, that Pope Francis is trying to issue. But so many people are missing that point. He has an evangelical context. If you read carefully what he's writing there, it comes through the lens of Francis of Assisi, no doubt. And it's beautiful. Again, Father Dan Petit with us as we reflect on the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi, October 4th. Many of you may be enjoying the opportunity to get your animals blessed at the blessing of the animals at your local (laughs) parish. I know, Father Dan, you'll be doing that soon. And we'll look forward to the opportunity to hear uh, what Pope Francis does with his extension on Laudato Si that will be coming up. That might be the topic of our next discussion in the months (laughs) to come. So thanks for sharing with us a little bit. We're looking forward to celebrating uh, the Feast of St. Francis along with you and all of our Franciscan community. And with that, Father Dan, would you please help us close leading us in prayer? Sure, let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to you for the immense goodness and love you have for us in sending us Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We pray that we may ever learn from him to share that love with others. And we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Francis. Pray for us. Pray for us. Thanks so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed day. Okay. Thank you. Good to talk with you. It is 7.54 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, we are going to be talking more about the month of October in our second cup today. So many feast days, so many things happening in October. There's so many things also happening on the community calendar. I am can't believe how many things. I don't know that I've seen it so full. Pretty loaded. So many ministries have wonderful events coming up. Blessings of the animals. You have a beloved pet. Parishes are doing that this week. Of course, the Mm. feast day of St. Francis coming up on the 4th. The Grotto always has a big event for that, too. I'd probably also start to look for those towards the weekend Mm -hmm. also. So please head over to our community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. 
Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Day Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Day Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Day Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. And we're going to tell you about an emergency test taking place on Wednesday. That's in the news. And what's the thing between Benedictines and wine? Hmm. <laughs> what's tell, the deal? What's the deal? I'll tell you about it coming up in right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. My grandparents have a steep staircase leading down to their cement basement floor and one visit to their house in particular has remained in my parents' memories to this day. I wasn't walking yet, so they had me hanging out in my handy dandy walker on wheels. You can probably see where this is going. My mom thought my dad was watching me and my dad thought that I was with my mom. They happened to think about checking where I was when at that moment they heard a loud booming sound followed by a sweet little old me screaming my lungs out. Thankfully, they found me at the bottom of the basement stairs with just a tiny nick behind my ear and somehow I was still in my walker right side up. That's it. That was when my guardian angel knew that they were going to be working overtime in my life to keep me alive. Did you know that your soul was given its very own personal guardian angel? Jesus himself said in the Gospel of Matthew, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly Father. We are so precious to God that he gave each of us our own angel for guidance and protection until we reach the heavenly kingdom. From infancy to death, human life is surrounded by the angels' watchful care and intercession. Beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd leading him to life. Already here on earth, the Christian life shares by faith in the blessed company of the angels and men united to God. This passage comes from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 336, based on what Jesus said in Matthew. So what exactly is an angel? St. Augustine made it a point to differentiate what they are from what they do. He said, angel is that name of their office, not their nature. If you seek the name of their nature, it is spirit. If you seek the name of their office, it's angel. From what they are, spirit. From what they do, angel. Angel, by definition, isn't necessarily a person with a halo and wings like we usually imagine or see depicted in paintings, but rather simply a messenger of God. Similar to archangels, guardian angels are not a replacement to God, but rather they serve as messengers. And each of us have our own angel to guide and protect us. 
Our guardian angels, according to Hebrews 1.14, not only protects us, but also guides us toward heaven if we allow them. It says, are they not all ministering spirits sent to minister for them? Who shall receive the inheritance of salvation? We're gonna end today with the prayer of our own guardian angels. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, rule, and guide. Amen. Holy guardian angels, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints and to pray with Mater Dei Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at MaterDayRadio.com. It's 8 o'clock. In your news this morning, five cardinals have sent a set of questions to Pope Francis to express their concerns and seek clarification on points of doctrine and discipline ahead of this week's opening of the Synod on Synodality at the Vatican. The cardinals said they submitted five questions called dubia on August 21st, requesting clarity on topics relating to doctrinal development, the blessing of same-sex unions, the authority of the Synod on Synodality, women ordinations, and sacramental absolution. Dubia are formal questions brought before the Pope and the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith aimed at eliciting a yes or no response without theological argumentation. The dubia signatures include Cardinal Raymond Burke, Prefect Emeritus of the Apostolic Signatura, and Cardinal Robert Serrat, Prefect Emeritus of the Dicastery for Divine Worship. Well, a heads up for the many folks who own cell phones, this Wednesday, that would be October 4th, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, along with Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, will be conducting a nationwide test of the U.S. emergency alert system, which could show up on your cell phone. Now, according to the agency's news release, beginning at approximately 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time, or 11.20 Pacific Time, Cell towers will broadcast the test for approximately 30 minutes. During this time, compatible wireless phones that are switched on within range of an active cell tower and whose wireless provider participates in wireless emergency alerts should be capable of receiving the test message. The message will read, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed. So okay. I have to watch for that. See if and that so happens. when is it happening again? At Wednesday morning, Pacific time, 1120, approximately 1120. Okay, I'll watch for that yeah. too. A few thousand Catholics joined Dominican priests and sisters on Saturday for a day-long event in Washington, D.C., focused on praying and reflecting on the rosary to conclude a nine-month rosary novena. The September 30th Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, which was held at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, included talks by Dominican priests, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, confession, and a vigil mass. The event began with a talk by Father Gregory Pine, a Dominican priest, on the Virgin Mary, which was followed by exposition and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament in the Upper Church, while confessions were heard in the various Marian shrines in the Lower 
Lower Church. Nearly 20 priests heard confessions throughout the late morning and early afternoon. Father John Paul Kern, the executive director of the Dominican Friars Foundation, told Catholic News Agency that the pilgrimage was a good way to lead into the month of the rosary. Well, a famous tree that has stood sentinel on Britain's Roman-built Hadrian's Wall for more than 200 years has been deliberately cut down in what authorities have called an act of vandalism. The sycamore tree, located in the Northumberland National Park in northern England, was made famous to millions around the world when it appeared in Kevin Costner's 1991 blockbuster film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Police said they have arrested a 16-year-old boy following the incident, which was believed to have taken place late last week. The tree, at a spot known as Sycamore Gap to guard the furthest northwestern frontier of the Roman Empire, was considered one of the most photographed trees in England and was voted as the English Tree of the Year in 2016. The National Trust Heritage Charity, which co-manages the site, said it was shocked and saddened by the trees falling. I saw that. I saw the photo yes. of it. It was just really you just sad. cut down a tree. Yeah. And did the did the young teenager say anything as to why yeah. he did this? I, I or? Didn't, didn't see anything in that regard, but it was just, you know, tragic to see this gorgeous tree and then just sliced right at the base okay. and toppled over. Well, it'll give us an opportunity to, uh, mm. yeah, plant a new one then yeah. and keep this uh, beautiful tradition going. David, both you and I came to work today. That means you and I did not win the Powerball. In fact, nobody did no, on no, Saturday's no. drawing. It has now climbed to an estimated $1.04 billion, billion after no dollars. players hit it big Saturday night, continuing a stretch of lottery futility lasting for more than two months. The jackpot for the next drawing Monday night tonight remains the world's ninth largest lottery prize of all time. The $1.04 billion jackpot is for a sole winner who opts for the payment through an annuity doled out over 30 years. Winners almost always take the cash option, which for Monday's drawing would be oh, just $478.2 million. All right. Now, those winning would be subject to federal taxes, while many states also tax lottery prizes. The jackpot has grown so large because there have been 30 consecutive drawings without a big winner dating back to July 19th. Powerball's terrible odds, 1 in 292.2 million, are designed to generate big jackpots, with prizes becoming ever larger as they repeatedly roll over when no one wins. We just saw last week that person, someone who won it in Florida, the one point finally claimed billion, theirs. They finally claimed it, yeah. They although they didn't have to reveal who it was. I, well, yeah. that'd be nice if yeah. we could be anonymous, yeah. but I don't think that's the case for Washington and Oregon. Uh, I, no, it's not actually. Uh, in sports, a hearing has been set for November 14th in the Oregon State and Washington State's legal fight with the Pac-12 and its departing members to gain control of the conference and its assets. The preliminary injunction hearing will be held in Washington Superior County Court in Whitman County in front of the same judge who granted a temporary restraining order to the two schools earlier this month. Judge Gary Libby's ruling blocked a board of directors meeting with university leaders from the schools that have announced plans to leave the Pac-12 next year. Still to be determined is exactly who should be allowed to make up the conference's board and vote on business matters that could impact the future of the league. 
Oregon State and Washington State leaders have said they would like to rebuild the Pac-12 and take control of its assets. The schools fear the departing members could stand in the way of keeping the Pac-12 alive, possibly even voting to dissolve the conference. So again, that's uh, November 14th, that hearing. September marked the beginning of wine harvesting season in Italy with thousands of small, medium and large wine producers getting organized for the culmination of year long farming efforts in the region of Tuscany, perhaps the most famous wine producing region in the world. Four wineries are carrying on the winemaking tradition started centuries ago by local monks. Mm -hmm. First, there was the Abbey of San Michael uh, Angelo nestled on top of the Chianti Hills. The Abbey of St. Michael was founded in the 12th century by a congregation of a suborder of Benedictine monks who specialized in forestry, winemaking, and farming. For centuries, the monks turned the iconic red grapes into Chianti, Chianti. of course, delicious ruby colored wine, mostly destined. For the Abbey's own consumption. Oh, okay. <laughs> then there was Monstero dei Frati Bianchi. Now, this monastery of white friars in the province of Massa and Carrera was built during the ninth century. For centuries, the white friars, a suborder of Benedictine monks who take their name from the color of their tunics, took care of the monastery's vineyards and orchard. Grape harvesting usually involved the whole community with monks working alongside farmers. Today, they produce six varieties of wine made exclusively with native grapes. Then there is the Abbey of Monte Oliveto Marjorie, now resting atop a hill near Siena. This abbey was founded in the 4th century of Olive, Olivetan monks, a subgroup of Benedictines. Mm. It follows the classic structure of a Benedictine abbey with church as main cloister, a refectory and library. Each September, these monks harvest grapes from the monastery's century-old vineyard to make blends of Merlot and Cabernet. And then finally, there is the monastery of Camaldoli. That's hard one to say. Finally, this monastery was founded a thousand years ago wow. by St. Remald. The monastery is still active today, offers a hostel service for lay people who want to spend some time sharing in the lifestyle of the Benedictine monks. Winemaking has been the main activity of these monks. Today, they still make a blend of, I'm not going to try to, Merlot grapes known as Borbodo, which is aged in the monastery's centuries old wooden barrels so, so all benedictines <laughs> apparently they've got a corner on yeah. uh, the uh, grapes in tuscany all right didn't mean to hit that one <laughs> it's time to find out what's going on in our catholic community on Wednesday, it is a family Eucharistic adoration happening at Holy Rosary Church here in Portland. Holy Rosary is offering a weekly family-friendly time of adoration to encourage our youngest Catholics to learn how to spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Well, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, he's going to join us next, talking about vocations. That happens after the forecast. 
Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Mater Dei Radio is in prayerful pursuit of a Catholic media all-star. Are you passionate about engaging others into a joyful encounter with Jesus Christ? You could be our next show host and media producer. This full-time position leads the planning, promotion, and execution of outstanding dynamic Catholic programming across multiple platforms, including the Hail Mary Media app. Matri Radio offers you competitive pay, medical, dental, and vision insurance, a retirement account with a company match, and unique chances for spiritual growth and development. Could a spot on our evangelization team be the right place for you? Don't wait. Get all the details on this exciting opportunity now now and find out how to apply at MontredayRadio.com. That's MontredayRadio.com to learn more. You could be our next show host and media producer, helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Monterey Radio. 813 at Monterey Radio. Well, rain expected to roll in late this morning, high of 59 degrees, showers overnight tonight, low of 53, and then Areas of fog, partly sunny skies for Tuesday, high of 65. Currently, it is 54 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview. And 52 degrees at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. National Vocation Awareness Week is celebrated November 5th to the 11th. And it's an annual week-long celebration of the Catholic Church in the United States dedicated to promoting vocations to the priesthood, diaconate, and consecrated life through prayer, education, and to renew our prayers and support for those who are considering one of these particular vocations. Now, in the weeks leading up to this week here in the Archdiocese of Portland, they're highlighting a different religious vocation every week. And joining me today to share about his vocation as a diocesan priest, it is our good friend, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor. Good morning, Monsignor. Thanks so much for joining us today to talk about vocations. Not a problem. It's a pleasure to be with you always. Brenda. So what does that mean, Monsignor O'Connor, to, to have a vocation? We hear that you, that term used often for religious life. Is a vocation something that every young Catholic needs to discern as to whether or not they have that? I think it's the duty of every young Catholic to discern whether they have a supernatural vocation to the priesthood or consecrated life. I think it's our duty to do that. We've got to ask God what he wants us to do and if he wants us to sacrifice our normal uh, sort of natural life to, to work on the supernatural level. I think that's that's a very important thing. And a lot of people don't think that. Well, you know, some people feel, oh, we're called. I, I'm attracted to the priesthood or the religious life. You know, I'll leave it to them. But really, I think it's 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 our duty as Christians to, to 
to ask the Lord specifically what he wants us to do with our life, not just sort of fall into a vocation of marriage or fall into a vocation of consecrated life, but actually to discern it. What was that process like for you? How did you ask that question of God? God, what is my vocation? And and how did that lead you to the priesthood? Well, I, um, yeah, so I, basically, I, you know, I had a feeling that I wanted to be a priest when I was a teenager, you know, as a young kid, sort of grade school, going into high school. And then things change. And then you go to college and you get a job and you start being part of, you know, everybody's does the same sort of stuff get a job earn some money get a promotion you know date a bit buy a house you know that sort of stuff and i I was particularly not really satisfied with all that i was doing quite well in the world but there was something inside me that niggled away that said you know you know there's something else the lord wants you to do something else anyway so i moved to america with a job and then um I decided to give up that job and I decided seriously to discern this vocation once and for all, you know, if it's, if it was there or it wasn't there, I was, I needed to, I needed to get it out of my system or jump in, you know, the deep end. So I took a year off and I, I went, I traveled the world a little bit. I went to live in Paris. I went to live in Rome and just uh, spent days in prayer, wandering around holy places, going to mass every day, uh, that sort of stuff. And uh, at the end of that year's discernment, I said, yeah, I'm going to go to the seminary. And that's what I did. Monsignor, you are a diocesan priest. In fact, we spoke previously about your incarnation into the Archdiocese of Portland from your previous diocese of Fall River. So how does your vocation as a diocesan priest differ from, say, a, a priest who is in an order? Well, diocesan priests are really there. They're parish priests. They're, they're there to run parishes, to look after the families that, you know, your, your average Catholic family that goes to Mass every Sunday, that wants to come for baptisms and weddings and administer sacraments, confessions. So you're based around your parish, and that's really what you do. In a religious order, say, so Dominicans, their charism is preaching. They can travel all over the place to give missions and, and do various things. Some of them are, are more sort of cloistered. Some religious orders stay put where they are and just spend a lot of hours in prayer. Um, some of them do a bit of both and, and run parishes as well. But a parish priest is really sort of, I don't know, the front line. I hate to say that as though there's some back line to it. But, you know, they're, they're there in the everyday life of the Catholic, you know, not just times of mission or retreat or something like that, but the everyday needs of of the Christian, you know, administering the sacraments, that sort of stuff. Monsignor O'Connor, so from when you started your discernment process, you entered seminary and you became a priest. Was there something about being a parish priest that you found that you weren't expecting, but is truly a wonderful part of your ability to be a priest and to be, as you said, in the in the forefront of, of families, the, their first experience at the Catholic Church is their parish priest. Was there something about it that you weren't quite expecting and you realized that, yes, you were doing exactly what God had always meant for you to be doing. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing that is sort of, I'm not sure whether it was totally unexpected to me, but uh, one thing I've learned as a parish priest is that to <laughs> to expect the unexpected, right? <laughs> sure. Because your life as a parish priest, it's like you don't know what's going to happen today. Like, you know, today I i got to go into the pastoral center. I've got to do this. I don't know who's going to knock on the door in the next 10 minutes and say, I need to talk to a priest, right? I don't know whether I'll get a call from uh, Good Sam saying, hey, you need to come down to the emergency room. 
um, you know, some things are fixed uh, that I do every day, you know, celebrate mass, of course, adoration on Thursdays, evening prayer, things like this. And then my own personal life, you know, today I want to get an hour of study in at some point uh, because I, you know, I'm, I'm neglecting my academic life. Um, so I've sort of started doing that again. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of unexpected, the stuff that happens. I might go in the pastoral center and someone says to me, hey, did you, uh, you know, we need this thing writing and we need it for next week for the convocation. I'm like, oh, okay. I wish I'd have not come into that then. Um, but, you know, so it's the unexpected. And just, you know, dealing with with normal human beings and the, on, in the, in the, you know, what is it, in the journey towards God, in the, you know, seeking spiritual growth. I mean, you know, Hopefully, I've had some in my life over the years and that I can impart a little bit of wisdom about growing closer to the Lord, you know, participating in the sacraments, this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say that it's like parish priest. If you know, if you're not if you can't deal with change and you can't deal with your schedule being messed up all the time and this sort of stuff, then you should be a parish priest because it's 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 chaotic sometimes. Monsignor O'Connor, most of us experience, as you said, our diocesan priests right there at church. In fact, I can go through my life and remember, even when I was very young, the priests that were there when I was in school and the priests that served at our our parish in Escondido. And they they are an important part of our life and, and my faith journey. I can think of priests all along the way that that was there for me. In what other ways, though, for instance, that that in what other ways are diocesan priests serving, though, within an archdiocese? For instance, I mean, you're in the Office of Divine Worship. I, I mean, is it typical for every priest to always have a parish pl- uh, and then something else in your case? Or do some diocesan priests yeah. become a, a parish priest and that's what they do? For their entire yeah, career. I mean, often, often nowadays, parish priests. I mean, if we had loads of priests, you'd have. I wouldn't be being the pastor at the cathedral and doing the director of the office of worship. We'd do separate things, you know. And that, and to a certain extent, that's what I was doing, you know, for five years before I came here. Um, but nowadays, you know, we don't have a great deal of priests spare. Um, we in the Archdiocese of Portland have a full-time vocation director, which is awesome, and we can see the benefits of that because we're doing a very we have a healthy number of seminarians, which I think is a direct, you know, effect of, of that move to have one. We have a full-time vicar for clergy, um, but a lot of the other things are done by normal parish priests. So the vicars for rain in the various areas of the archdiocese, they're all parish priests, but they they have a responsibility to look after the priests of their area. Director of continuing education for priests is not a full-time job. It's a it's, it's Monsignor Sayak, he's a parish priest. You know, so things like this. Many of the uh, judges in the tribunal, they're parish priests as well. So they've got a couple of jobs. So nowadays, a lot of us have two or three jobs that we have to do, you know, and it's just it's just the the, the world that we live in that we can't really afford to put a lot of priests full time. We'd love to. I mean, if we doubled our seminarians, we'd be able to do do more, of course. But uh, but I, we can't complain. We, we have a healthy number of seminarians and uh, so we're not, we're not, there are other dioceses that are much worse off than we are. Monsignor O'Connor, then for somebody who might be listening this morning, a young man who is feeling maybe they need to develop further this vocation, perhaps they need to begin this discernment process. What do you feel like is the first things that they should be doing to really prepare themselves and open themselves mm-hmm. up to God's call to 
so that way when they so that way they become ready to take the next steps yeah i, I think it's a commitment to our lord jesus christ whatever you're doing whether he wants you to be a priest or not there's a commitment to growing holiness it's the universal vocation which is to you know to grow in holiness that's the first thing we've got to do and so uh, regular uh, reception of the sacraments confession you know these sort of things regular prayer of course daily prayer and then specifically you know prayer about asking the lord to show you the way um so i think that's that's it it starts with that uh, universal vocation which is the call to holiness and then the good lord moves our souls and gives us special graces which point us in the direction of a religious vocation or a supernatural vocation and then uh, if we've got that you know it's 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 important to us it's our duty to to uh, inquire of that uh, vocation as well so i'd say that i mean you know just the practice of our faith the good solid practice of mm -hmm. our faith is the first step for anybody Absolutely. Amen to that. And of course, as you said, we have a wonderful vocations office and vocations director. If you have further questions, they are always there to answer them, retreats throughout the year to help you further discern. Monsignor O'Connor, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for sharing your vocation story and for sharing your ministry with us here in the Archdiocese of Portland. You're welcome. Thank you, Brenda. And it is 8.25 at Mater Day Radio. Well, if you haven't done so yet, please think about downloading our free Hail Mary media app. By that way, you can do access our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library, tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio, even sign up for customized prayer reminders. It is Mater Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. All the information is on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle connects through AllSource Communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at AllSourceCommunications.com. That's AllSourceCommunications.com or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications. Connecting Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 827 at Mater Day Radio. Well, the Oregon Zoo's oldest lion passes away. We'll have the story in the news. And a new vice president named at Mount Angel Seminary. It's a priest in the Archdiocese of Portland familiar with promoting vocations. I'll have that story for you coming up in the news. Here is Marie Miller 
with two to one. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It hasn't been so long since we were like a diamond sky. Constant we were strong, sparkling and bright. The storm came rolling in, darling, I rain fell hard. I let go of your hand and lost you in the dark. I want you here instead of far away. Cause when you're near, I know we can find a way. Two to one. It is 8.30 at Matre Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mount Angel Seminary announced over the weekend that Father Jeff Irvin, a priest of the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, has been appointed as vice rector at Mount Angel Seminary. Father Irvin will join the seminary as vice rector on January 1st and will work closely with Monsignor Joseph Beshart, president rector. Monsignor Beshart served as president rector since 2012. His tenure ends 
in June of 2024. Abbot Jeremy Driscoll, Chancellor of Mount Angel Seminary, announced his intention to appoint Father Jeff Irvin as his successor, as, as Monsignor Beshart's successor. Ordained for the Archdiocese in 2012, Father Irvin has been pastor of St. Therese of the Child Jesus Parish in Portland since 2022. Before that, he was director of vocations from 2014 to 2022 and an adjunct professor at Mount Angel Seminary from 2014 to 2017. Father Irvin will become the fourth priest in a row from the Archdiocese of Portland to be appointed president rector at Mount Angel Seminary. Abbot Jeremy expressed his profound gratitude for the generosity of Archbishop Sample and his predecessors for their support of this most important work a priestly formation. Hey, congratulations to Father Jeff. Yeah, we'll have to wonderful. T- maybe have a talk with him about that soon. Hopefully soon. U.S. government operations will continue today. This after the Senate voted 88 to 9 on Saturday night to pass a short-term bill to keep the government open, averting a shutdown at the last minute. After a dramatic turnaround in the waning hours, the bill passed the House earlier on a substantially uh, bipartisan vote, and President Joe Biden cited into law Saturday. Legislation keeps the government funded at existing levels through November 17th, and authorizes additional disaster relief money, giving Congress more time to reach a full-year funding agreement. Still be a challenge ahead of the new November deadline, but it avoids, for now, a shutdown that would have put pay for millions of people in jeopardy. Yeah, I thought for sure we were heading for a showdown. A when we shutdown were, yeah, when seemed we were, yeah. likely. Yeah, so I think this is a good sign. Uh, they have more time to work on it, and... In my thought and opinion, it'll probably get signed by the 17th because there is no political party that wants to shut down the government six weeks before Christmas. Ah, there you go. That's a good so, point. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful. All right. The Washington State Department of Labor and Industry announced on Friday that the minimum wage will increase from $15.74 to $16.28 an hour beginning on January 1st. This is a 3.4 increase from 2023. Now Washington has the highest state level minimum wage across the United States. Federal minimum wage has been at $7.25 an hour since 2019. Now cities in Washington can set their own minimum wages. Currently Seattle rests at $18.69 an hour. SeaTac $19.06 an hour. However, employees are allowed to pay 85% the minimum wage to workers ages 14 and 15 under state law. And the wage increase will also affect drivers of transportation companies, including Uber and the Lyft. The minimum pay for these workers will also be going up on January 1st. We always have the discussion about what was the minimum wage when I was of age working right? back in Your the first job? Wage, my fifth, I think it was a nickel an hour. It was not. <laughs> it was a little more than that, but I not much. I think it was more than that. No, I, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. I'll have to go back and look. $3.35, my first job. That's I worked what at it a was? grocery store. Hey, all right. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, the oldest African lion at the Oregon Zoo died Friday following a seizure, the zoo announced over the weekend. 
Nika, who was 16 years old, came to Portland from the Virginia Zoo in 2009 when the Oregon Zoo opened its nearly $7 million, two-and-a-half-acre Predators of the Serengeti exhibit after going 11 years without lions in its collection. In 2013, Nika gave birth to three female cubs who were later transferred to other accredited zoos to help maintain a genetically diverse lion population in captivity. 16 is considered geriatric, geriatric, excuse me, 16 considered geriatric for a lion, the announcement from the zoo said, but lions in the care of humans can live into their early 20s, according to zoo officials. Kelly Gomez, who oversees the zoo's Africa area, said Nika touched the hearts of millions of people during her life, and we hope her legacy will be one of inspiration and hope. For her species. Have you been to the Oregon Zoo of recent? Uh, not real recently. It has been a few years. I keep talking about this was supposed to be my goal this summer, way yeah. back when it first started, was to go to the zoo. And so maybe this uh, coming weekend might be it. Mm-hmm. In the current liturgical calendar, there exists two feasts that honor angels. The first is the Feast of St. Michael, Gabriel, and uh, Raphael, celebrated on September 29th. Originally, this feast celebrated only St. Michael, and in some places was even a holy day of obligation. Eventually, there arose a request to have a separate feast in honor of the guardian angels, those angelic spirits who are assigned by God to guide and protect each human soul. At the time, September 30th was the celebration of St. Jerome. October 1st was the commemoration of St. Remigius, patron saint of France. And October 2nd did not have a particular celebration, so it became the Feast of the Holy Guardian Angels. So here are some of the things that we know about guardian angels. Okay. Our angels protect us. Uh, mission is to protect us and lead us into everlasting life. Our guardian angels do have names, but those names are given to them by God. We will not become a guardian angel when we die. No wings for you, David. Mm. And guardian angels communicate to us through thoughts, images, and feelings. And every person in the world has a guardian angel whether they believe in them or not, and whether they are Christian or oh, not. Guardian right. angels. That pain in your back that you sometimes get, David, mm-hmm. that's your guardian angel telling you to straighten that's up. That's right. Nudge, nudge me a little bit. Uh, before we do sports, we should do our Pope Tweet of the Day because it goes right along with the guardian angels. Communication in the church has come a long way. First, monks had to transcribe the Bible by hand. Then came the Gutenberg Press. And now... There's Twitter. It's the Pope's Tweet of the Day. So here is Pope Francis' Tweet of the Day. At the side of every person is a protector the Lord gives to help us, to nudge us, to get up when we have stumbled, to show us the way when we have chosen the wrong path. Let us listen to the voice of our guardian angels. Mm-hmm. See, I told yeah, you I was gonna that say, little poke, that little David, nudge. you have chosen poorly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in sports, lots of good NFL games yesterday. Last night was a good one. The Kansas City Chiefs held on to beat the New York Jets 23-20. to That game was in New York. And, of course, in the stands watching again, Taylor Swift. She's become quite the, uh, the item now at the NFL games, so the Kansas City games. That is, because uh, I guess she's uh, Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the uh, Chiefs. Uh, I guess they're an item now. 
Okay, that's right. Yes, yeah, so uh, that's why she's at the Kansas City. She's been Chief all games. over my social media feed. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know because yeah, yeah. I watch football and yeah. Now she seems to be pertinent. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of that, your uh, Los Angeles Chargers get a big win over their heated rivals, the Los Angeles Raiders, twenty-four to seventeen. My San Francisco 49ers, no problem over the Arizona Cardinals, thirty-five to sixteen. But tonight now, you Seattle Seahawks fans, Monday Night Football, Hawks are in the Big Apple to face the New York Giants. That kicks off at 5-15. Seattle is 2-1 and one on the season. The Giants 1-2. and two. See, Seattle has never lost at MetLife Stadium, where they are 5-0. and oh. I guess three of those wins over the Giants and two, I would assume, over the Jets, since they play at the same locale. Uh, yeah, so we'll see okay. if they can make it 6-0 and tonight. I like the sound of that. Yeah. David, I did watch that uh, Charger-Raider game. Mm-hmm. You didn't get uh, too many uh, pictures of uh, the stands and the fans. You know how they like to do oh, those? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, because those well, few that you did, it turns out it was a home game for the Raiders, oh, too, there in Los Angeles. That's how that works. That was <laughs> tough. Yeah. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Thursday is the Stars of Light Gala for StandUpGirl.com Foundation. It is happening at the Oregon Golf Club in West Lynn. Special guest is speaker and musician Katie Harmon Ebner. It is $65 a person or $125 per couple. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Uh, before you send me your cards and letters, I would like to apologize because I said the Los Angeles Raiders, and it's not the Los Angeles Raiders. It's the the Las Vegas. <laughs> it's the Las Vegas. Gym. Yes, I know Las Vegas, Los Angeles. Like I said, judging from that crowd, <laughs> it might as well have yeah. been Las Vegas because there was a lot of silver and black in the stands. So you used to have. See, this is why it's so confusing. These two teams because it used to be the San Diego Chargers, San Diego, and Oakland Raiders, and Oakland Raiders, and then it turned into the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers. And it was the Los Angeles Raiders at one time. True. Yeah. And, and then it, now it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, They're moving all over the place. It's exhausting keeping is. up with these teams. You know what? It's October, though. So we're going to talk October. Lots going on this month, and we'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland, and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at 
catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. And it is 8.44 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, they're still saying the rain is supposed to roll in later this morning. In fact, 100% chance of rain today. Pretty cool, though. High of 59 degrees and then rain likely overnight tonight, low of 53. And then should start to clear up tomorrow on Tuesday. Could see some morning fog, then partly sunny skies, high of 65. Now, Wednesday looks like kind of that transition day where it starts to warm up a little bit with some sunshine, high of 69. Thursday and Friday, close to 80 degrees. So uh, a little bit more uh, summer in the early fall. I like it. Mm -hmm. Currently, it is 56 degrees at Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic School in Vancouver. And 55 degrees at St. Therese Church in Portland. Out of coffee? No need to worry. Mater Day Radio is brewing a second cup of the morning blend. David, at my house, I always have one can of coffee in in the backup. So that way, as soon as I open a can, like if I go into that one and I open that can up, I go immediately to the store the next time and I get another can of coffee. So you I'm never run ner- out. Yeah, so I don't want to run out. Right. That makes me nervous, the idea of mm-hmm. running out. Yeah. So uh, it is a good morning for a second cup of coffee coming off of that beautiful weekend. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just suck the life, suck the marrow out of the weekend, That's David, right. it sounds like. I got all I could get out of it. <laughs> well, we're starting with that, that game, yes. all in orange, very, very, um, very October-y yeah, yeah, was, kind of color. It was perfect. Yeah. Great. Uh, I mean, Beaver's colors, orange and black right in there with uh, Halloween. So we move, we turn the page on the calendar, a new month, October 2023. We have exactly 31 days, actually less than that now because it's already the second. Mm -hmm. But we go all the way to the 31st to celebrate the month of the Holy Rosary. Yeah, that's right. October is. October is. And so uh, we were talking about uh, over the weekend at Holy Redeemer about virtues and how it takes 66 days to break or to start a new habit or virtue. This is what Father Nathy was talking about. 66 days. So if you want to do something like pray the rosary daily, you begin it now 66 days and that will become a regular habit habit. In fact, I've been praying my rosary as soon as I get in my car, I plug in my Hail Mary media app. Mm -hmm. Whenever I get into a car, it's become that and it's absolutely true. Whenever I get in the car now, 
I mean, I don't even know why it won't even be on my mind. And then it's like, oh, yeah, gotta... should I plug in my phone? And then there'll be other people in the car. And I'm like, oh, no, that's my my going home habit. Right. But it it's true. It becomes ingrained. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe try praying the rosary uh, this month and see if you can get that part of your habit. Our Lady of Rosary actually is the uh, the Saturday. The, the seventh, Saturday. Which, by the way, so is Rosary Bowl. <gasps> How about right. that? Look How at that. How about that? That is yeah. perfect. That. So That's join timing. people from across Oregon, from Southwest Washington, all heading down. Of course, our good friend Dina Marie Salem. Uh, community center convention center. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to look that Commu- up. But- community center, I believe, is what it is. But yeah, yeah go online. Go we online. certainly have the information there on our community calendar for you. Rosary Bowl. Uh, how many? What, we, Dina, we were talking about with this with Dina Marie. How many this has been now for the Rosary Bowl? It's a bunch. It's a lot. Yeah, they've been doing it a long time. So uh, congratulations to them on another one. And so hopefully you can make it down for the Rosary Bowl during this month of the Rosary. I think that would be perfect. So just kind of going through some important dates. Now, one that got overlooked because it showed up uh, just this past Sunday. So many people with a dedication to St. Therese of Lisieux. Her feast day was the first. It was yesterday. But because of the Sunday feast, because Sunday Mass, it wasn't part of the liturgy. So Mm -hmm. you may have missed that one. But please remember if St. Therese of Lisieux is your patron saint. Now, we also talked, uh, speaking of Dina Marie, she talked with Father Dan about St. Francis of Assisi. Mm -hmm. His feast day on Wednesday, the 4th. That's a big day and lots of parishes, schools, they're having blessing of the animals in honor of that feast day. I believe it is also sometime this week, as Dina Marie was also talking about, that second edition of Laudato Si Mm -hmm. is supposed to come out. And I think it was going to be on the feast day. Of course, all of the synod members, over 300 of them, uh, begin that synod on synodality process this month. So I'm sure that will be part of some of their discussions. Have you been to Assisi? Because I know you've been over to Italy. I have been. Yeah. I made one trip and it was a single, because we were kind of located in Rome, we had day trips. Mm -hmm. And so we did a single day. Now coming up in April, the good deacon and I are leading the pilgrimage. We're going to spend two days in Assisi. And from what I understand, the spirituality and the feel of that town is just incredible in the evening. And so I'm looking forward to that. But on one side of Assisi, you know, it's kind of up on the hilltop Mm -hmm. and uh, you start at one edge, the Basilica of St. Clair, Port Clares and a friend of St. Francis. And then you travel through the city down to uh, the large church where St. Francis prayed at his tomb. Yeah. Right there. It's an incredible, uh, incredible opportunity. So, yeah, come see it with me and the Good Deacon. Is that a very big city? No. Yeah, it's no, no, no. It's, it's a very, village. Yeah, yeah. The upper part of it is just a village, literally just a few streets. Mm-hmm. Now, down below is a larger city area yeah. where there are, you know, more amenities. But it's like you go up to the streets and it's like you've taken a step back in time. Gosh, yeah. Uh, and uh, just a really, really incredible experience. That's cool. So there's a couple of popes we celebrate in October also. <coughs> Excuse me. On October 11th, St. John the 23rd. And then on October 22nd, St. John Paul II. Mm. Both of those popes, both of them now canonized saints. So those right. are great days to remember and honor our popes. And let's see here. Uh, and then the big one, of course, 
October 31st. Yes. Anything going on on that day? Uh, that's Halloween, isn't it? It is Halloween. All Hallows Eve. All Hallows Eve. So lots of parishes doing trunk or treats and fall festivals, kids getting dressed up and getting some candy. I will be handing out, David, full-size candy bars once again. Really? You may only have one. Okay. Last year, you kept going around the block, That's coming right. back, coming going back. around, coming Change back. Change my costume trying and Trying to back. get more, and that is not going to be happening <laughs> this year for you. Okay. Well, I'll have to get to my little bite-size uh, Snickers. That's my go-to. Uh, let's not us forget, too, on October 9th, a week from today. Is that something? That's a, that's a very big week for <laughs> Mater Day Radio. That, of course, is our fall share October 9th through the 13th, all five days next week, Monday through Friday. And so we hope that you will tune in, participate. We've got great guests lined up. We thank all of the volunteers who come in, answer the phone, do all the things that they do to help us out. And of course, Busy, busy week for us, but a very joyful and exciting week for us, and an important week because the share are how we raise funds for Mater Dei Radio's operations. We do that, of course, mm-hmm. in the fall and in the spring, twice a year, so just two weeks out of the year that uh, we ask you to help support this wonderful radio apostolate, been going strong now for over three decades. David, I think you were showing us the list of guests. I think all but three hours of the entire week have a guest coming in. This is going to be jam-packed full of just great people throughout our community coming, priests, religious, lay people, directors of different things. Ah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a long week for us, but it is going to be fantastic. Absolutely. Again, please tune into our share And, well, I hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway next to Jesuit High School. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. 100% chance of rain later today. That's what they're saying. So uh, bring the uh, yeah, I know, bring the rain gear with you to work today. High of 59 degrees. That's about 10 degrees, 12 degrees cooler than what the <laughs> average is this time of year. 
60% chance of showers overnight tonight, low of 53. Then tomorrow could see some areas of fog with a high of 65. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday starts to warm up, uh, peaking maybe around 80 degrees on Friday. Currently 55 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today here is Father Kevin McGoldrick. Oh God, you are my God. God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting. Oh God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting.
God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting. Oh God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting. Oh God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting. And that is Father Kevin McGoldrick and Oh God, You Are My God. It is 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, that's going to do it for the Morning Blend. David and Brenda with you on our first show in October. All right. Look at bring that. On, bring on October. Bring on October. You know, they say it's the biggest uh, weather swing temperature-wise is from the 1st of October to the end of October. Oh, I could believe that. Yeah. Especially if we're going to be maybe 80 at the beginning of the month. We could be yeah. down in the 40s sometimes yes. at night. It did It did cool off. Did your heat kick on over the weekend? It did this yeah, morning. See. I heard it. There you go. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. It is Monday. That means Living Stones on this evening at 7.30. You can also catch that episode on the Hail Mary media app. We hope you have a very blessed day.